Please be, please be seated. Well, wow, uh, I guess uh, more of you uh, showed up than I expected, so I appreciate those of you, the brothers who sacrificed and get the front seat here, you know, uh, so it's great. Thank you, uh, it's, thank you, Vincent, for leading us in those songs of praise. Uh, what a wonderful time in, in focusing upon Jesus Christ, his birth, but even beyond his birth, to his life and his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave so that he might offer it to all who believe in him. Forgiveness of sins and eternal life and joy in life everlasting. So that's a great, great thoughts, great themes. Uh, so good to have everybody. And I know there are a couple of guests and visitors with us and we're going to have a welcome time a little bit later at the end of our service. So uh, we'll get to a chance to do that. But I want to just focus our, continue to focus our thoughts upon Jesus Christ this morning and primarily upon what our response and how we ought to respond and think about Jesus today, uh, today. Now, I know I'm kind of, in a sense, preaching to the choir this morning, and that's, you're all here, uh, but uh, that's okay. The choir needs preaching too, too, right? And so, uh, but as Christmas season rolls around, and if you are, there's all sorts of ways that Christmas is, just stands out for us as, as believers, but I think from a kind of a world standpoint, um, from a, a, a kind of a, a world standpoint, there's... Uh, the probably the biggest or the, one of the more substantial things about Christmas is, is all the music, the songs of this holiday season. Uh, you know, and if you listen to, you know, uh, I think 96.1 or something like that, you have Christmas songs 24-7. And you can kind of listen to all the different songs that our world sings about this Christmas season. And it's, it's really cool because they actually say the word Christmas on the radio. It's kind of neat that they say, oh, we, uh, this is one of those few days they don't just say happy holidays. But you can just hear uh, that people uh, realizing that Christmas is significant because there's all these songs written about this season. And when you listen to the words of some of the more popular Christmas songs, you can hear in them basically what the world thinks would make or <laughs> of an makes an ideal Christmas. It tells us what they think Christmas is about. Now, I kind of just, it's, I'm sure there's many different favorite Christmas songs you have. I remember when I was a little boy, I liked ling- listening to the song, uh, Mama Got Run Over, Grandma Got Run Over by Reindeer. You know, that one. Uh, just, I was, I listened to that one on the reindeer. That was just really funny to me, uh, as a little boy. I thought, oh, that's funny. But, I think that, that one I got was a joke. Okay, that was a joke. But there are songs today, and they'll sing about what the meaning of Christmas. And one song says, everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe, Help to make the season bright, right? So hopefully turkey's on your table or maybe some, a mistletoe somewhere near your house. Another song, pines for faithful friends who are near to us, will be dear to us once more. Now that's Christmas. Christmas time is a time for gathering together with family, friends, to renew relationships and friendships. A lot of times, many of you are, many of you are away for the season, away for the, most of the year, but you're back this Christmas. I just, it's so good to have you back. And part of Christmas is that you get to see your family and friends again. Another, uh, another song that's kind of uh, popular, it, it, uh, sings about the hope, a hope of having a, a good Christmas versus a bad Christmas. And a good Christmas is one that has, is without any fear. Why? Because there's the hope that war is over. If you want it, war is over if you want it. Many other songs of Christmas sing about the Christmas tree. They sing about having a white Christmas. They sing about Santa Claus and reindeer coming to town. And then I think for most of us today, 
I don't know about us, but most of the world today, maybe I was included. The perennial favorites among Christmas songs are those songs that sing of longing for romantic love, right? That mistletoe song. Whereas reflecting the classic of my youthful days, all I want for Christmas is you, you know, right? Uh, that's, you know you like that song. You, okay. you know you like that song. Now, if you like these songs, that's okay, okay? You're not, you're not a sinner by liking these songs. It's, uh, they kind of, they're catchy tunes. A lot of them are catchy tunes. They actually have some significance in them from a very, from a, just from a general secular kind of point of view. Now, we may sing these songs, we might like listening to these songs, but when it comes to the meaning of Christmas, let's not believe these songs. Let's not settle and think that this, these songs are really what Christmas is about because they are by far nothing about what Christmas is about. The world at large tries to offer a substitute for the meaning of Christmas. It tries to offer a substitute for our, our faith, our hope, and our love in Christ that we celebrate during Christmas season. And oftentimes our songs, even when you think about the songs you sing, think about it. It's offering a faith, hope, and love in fellow man in the things of this world. And when we put our faith, hope, and love in the things of this world or in fellow man, it is a guaranteed road to disappointment. It's a temporal joy, a temporal satisfaction. But we're all here this morning because we understand that Christmas is more than that, than faith, hope, and love in fellow man. We understand that Christmas is not about uh, having the right kind of food on your table. It's not about having reacquaintance with your friends. It's not even about gathering together with your family. Nor is it about world peace and romantic love. I think we, are, we all understand, we believe, as believers in Jesus Christ, that Christmas is about him. Christmas is about Jesus. And Christmas is about his, the birth of our Savior, of our Lord, our God. So this morning, as, as I turn to the scriptures, I want to focus for us on one verse. Verse 11 of chapter 2 that, of the scripture reading that we read earlier today in Matthew 2, verse 11. And it's the story of the wise men. It's the story of the wise men who traveled from the east. In fact, if you were with our Chris, here at our Christmas program uh, a week ago, you heard me talk about uh, this story. And when we look at the story of the Magi, we are reminded of the true source of, of the true meaning of Christmas and the true source of joy that we feel when we celebrate Christmas. And so this familiar story, for those of you that are kind of new and don't know the story, it's a story about wise men, about scholars in those days. They were those who came from the east. They were knowledgeable men who were wise men. They knew the science. They knew agriculture. They knew mathematics. They knew history. They knew the occult. They knew astronomy. They knew astrology. They were the leading, the political and religious leaders of their day. And these were Gentile people. They were not Jewish, and the Bible said in a Jewish setting, but these were Gentiles. And they had come to worship the Savior who was born. And they were led to worship the Savior who was born by a star, a supernatural star. We don't know exactly which. It's not any of the stars that we see in the sky today. It was a star that moved, that traveled in a very unusual pattern. It would move, and it would stop as well. As we see in this, as we read in the story. But it, somehow these scholars understood that this star was special. It marked the arrival of the Messiah. We are told that it is his star 
And understanding that it was his star, these magi, and, and sometimes they say there were three of them, there's no particular number, but we just say that they're a wise, plural group of wise men. They set out on the journey from the east to find him so that they might worship him. And in verse 9 of this passage, it tells us the star went before them. It went before them. It, it actually guided them. It led them. It was like a moving star. Just, it's like, you know, follow me. You know, they, they, they follow that star. And until it came and it stood, that is, it stopped. A star that was moving now stopped and it stood directly over a place where the child was. And so this star was probably not a star necessarily that was way up in the skies, but it was somehow obvious that this star actually shined down on a very particular local area in Jerusalem. It stood right where the child, where Jesus Christ was born. And we read in verse 10 that when they saw the star, they rejoiced, right? They rejoiced. They, now, and this verse, in verse 10, it says they rejoiced. They didn't just rejoice. They rejoiced exceedingly, right? And not, not just that, but they rejoiced exceedingly with joy. And not just that, but they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. So somehow this star caused them to like go, yes, that's rejoicing with great, exceedingly with great joy. Okay. Not just, oh, I'm, I'm joyful. <laughs> you know, it was exceedingly great joy. Yes. The star has stopped. The very one that we we're looking for is right there. And there in that place is the one we have come to worship. This is the one who was born. Jesus, this is the one who was born the king of the Jews. This is the one who was the born the Messiah. This is the one who was born that we might worship him. This is the one who we left everything behind to come to find this one. That is exciting. When you look for the very one thing that you're the most, the most significant thing you could ever look for in this world, when you find it, we rejoice exceedingly with great joy. And that's what, and so these magi had great joy. They, they were excited. They were happy. They were, uh, they were exuberant. And it wasn't just the star that they rejoiced over. It was the one that the star led them to. That was the object of the rejoicing. The magi were overflowing with joy because they had found Jesus Christ. And I tell you, throughout history, those who find Jesus, whether they be shepherds or they be wise men or people in between, they find joy. I hope that today, as you and I are here, as we come to worship Jesus Christ, I hope that you have found Jesus. I hope you've come and you are looking for Jesus if you've not found him. That today you hear, you will hear about Jesus. You will hear what he has done, who he is, and the joy that surrounds him. Then you understand how we might have a personal relationship with him. But when you find Jesus, you find joy. And, that's, and so with this, we focus in on verse 11. Verse 11, the Magi's visit with Jesus. It will teach us three truths of a joyful Christmas. I just want to read verse 11 for you. It's a verse I'll just kind of a one verse uh, mini sermon today. Look at verse 11 with me. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I like this verse. It's very, uh, has perfectly outlined in three points. 
And why did I say that? Because, uh, you know, in the grammar of this verse, it's, there are three main verbs. They all stand out. These three main verbs describe what these magi did. I know there's more, in your English translations, there's more multiple verbs, but there are three primary verbs. They're all kind of equal. They tell us that the, the, the magi came and they saw Jesus. The magi came and they worshiped Jesus. And the magi came and they gave to Jesus. And that's going to be our three points today. And as for us, it's kind of an example for us. As we come to Jesus, as we come looking for Jesus this morning, may we, be, may we come to know the joy-filled Christmas, the magical Christmas, if you will, <laughs> that they knew. Three truths. Three truths about a joy-filled Christmas for us. And that may be our third. May you come to, as, as those of us who are, the majority of us here are worshipers of Christ, may we respond this Christmas. May we experience the blessedness, the joy of responding in this way towards our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. First of all, let's look. Uh, the, the Magi's joy-filled Christmas is characterized in this verse by seeing Jesus. They saw Jesus. It says, after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They came and they saw the wise men here were men who had faith, or really, or let me further add, further add, in seeing Jesus, their faith in Jesus was strengthened. Seeing Jesus, their faith in Jesus was strengthened. Now, the wise men, before they saw Jesus, were men who actually had faith in Jesus. They believed in Jesus, but you can tell by just their behavior, their actions that they take. It's because of their faith in Jesus, they believed that he was the Messiah, the King of the Jews, they, they, before, uh, and that he was born, that that's why they actually sought him out. They would leave their homes in Babylon, in, uh, in the East Babylon in, uh, and travel all the way to come and worship him. They had seen the star, and because they, they believed in him, they didn't ignore the star. They followed the star to wherever it led. Because they believed in him, even though they didn't know where the star would lead, but just like Abraham of old, they followed God's leading through this star. Traveling the long journey from the east to Jerusalem and then on to Bethlehem, they rejoiced when they saw the star stopped over where the child was. And when they entered the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. Their faith at that point was not only rewarded, but it was strengthened. Their faith was, oh, that was then rewarded by the sight of the object of their faith. And their faith that God, that was given to them was strengthened. Notice, even as we look at this passage, the subtle emphasis on the object of their focus. That is, not that they saw the child and they saw his mother. They saw the child with his mother. The focus is all upon the child here. It's upon Jesus. In fact, it's quite significant because usually if you talk about a parent and a child relationship, you'll list the parent first and the and their children. But here, the child is listed first. They saw the child with his mother. For the Magi, without ever seeing the child, they had believed in him. They had believed that he was the messianic king worthy of one's worship. Now, right before their eyes, as they entered this house, they saw the very object of their faith. The very child that they had believed in, that they had traveled to arrive. And keep in mind... They had traveled all this way, and they were looking, as, they, as they're looking at him, he had not performed any miracles at this point. He had not taught them any truths, as the Gospels tell us of how much Jesus taught his people. 
He was not surrounded by any apostles or followers. He was not surrounded by any dignitaries, though he was a king, the king of the Jews. He was merely a helpless, innocent, beautiful baby boy. Accompanied by his mother. A child even. And we just, for the Magi, seeing Jesus did not just give them faith. And then when you see Jesus, sometimes people wish, oh, just show me Jesus. Just, just show me Jesus and I'll, and I'll believe. Well, there are many people in Jesus' day who saw him and did not believe. See, seeing Jesus does not give one faith. It doesn't make you all of a sudden believe. But seeing Jesus does strengthen whatever faith is there already. For God gives you faith. Faith is when you, faith is not just believing what you see. Faith is believing in what you don't see. Believing what is promised in God's word. And although Jesus was still a child, the Magi's faith in him as the divine messianic king of the Jews was strengthened. Even before he, done, he has done anything else, seeing him strengthened their belief that he here is the king, messianic king. Here is the Messiah. Here is the savior of the world. And as an application for us today, A key to a, a joy-filled Christmas is for us, for us is to see Jesus, if you will. Okay? Um, I'm not talking about being charismatic. I'm not talking about seeing Jesus with our physical eyes, having a vision of him. But it's a spiritual seeing, a spiritual focus on Jesus Christ. You know, Christmas without looking upon Christ is an empty one. Many people celebrating Christmas today without looking upon Jesus without thinking about our Savior. Their Christmas is an empty one. Yes, it'll be pretty fun because there'll be great food and there'll be great you know, friends and family. There'll be maybe an exchange of gifts. But that kind of Christmas is an empty Christmas. It's a temporal kind of Christmas. It's a, it's, a, it is a, it's a Christmas where joy ends with the day. But a Christmas that looks upon Jesus Christ, that's focused upon Christ, is one that is, gives us joy throughout not only today, but throughout the year. And imagine Christmas without Christ is, is empty. It's like celebrating someone's birthday without the birthday boy or girl, right? It's like, hey, we're going to have a party for you, but, hey, uh, you know, you're not invited. <laughs> What's the use of celebrating a birthday without the birthday boy or girl? And for us, I think, as how do we see Jesus? How do we focus on Jesus? It's, a great to, it's just great for us to do that at the end of the year. You know, here at the end of the year, it's always a wonderful time for us to reflect upon this past year, what God has done in our lives through Jesus Christ. Hopefully, we've seen so much more of Christ at work in our own lives and the lives of those around us. And Jesus Christ is always at work because Jesus Christ is our Savior from sins. And we who live in this world that is cursed of sin continue to experience all the effects of sin in this world. There are times when we triumph over sin. There are times when we give in to sin. There are times when sin, we, we can rejoice knowing that we were delivered from a habit of sin. And there are times when we are sorrow because we have given in to sin once more. Yet, though sin reigns in our, in our personal lives and sin reigns in our world when we read the news, Jesus Christ is at work. 
He is always at work saving people, delivering people from sin, delivering them from judgment. And even for Christians who are, even today, probably being murdered because of their faith in Jesus Christ around the world, they die with a hope. They die knowing that though they may lose their life here, they have an eternal life with God in heaven. And that's, Jesus gives us that kind of hope, that kind of peace and confidence, even in the world that is cursed by sin. Do we see Jesus? Are we focused on Jesus this Christmas? And I trust you are. Secondly, though, I want to focus uh, the Magi's uh, Magi's joyful Christmas is characterized by another thing. It's characterized by worshiping Jesus. And that is that their hope in Jesus was expressed through worshiping him. It says in this very same verse, after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. The wise man's hope in Jesus was expressed in worship of him. Matthew records how Jesus' birth was a fulfillment of prophecy. It tells us that he was born in Bethlehem. Even the religious scholars of the day knew that, that he would be born there that he would be a ruler and shepherd of his people Israel. And yet, oddly, when it comes to coming, to coming to worship Jesus, coming to show honor to the king, none of the leaders of Israel bother to show up. Nor does their king, King Herod. None come to worship him. And their response simply reveals that their faith and hope was not in Jesus. See, hope is the result of faith. Hope and faith are very similar words. They're synonymous. But once hope is is the resulting confidence in God's promises, it comes out of a faith in Jesus. And in verse 11 here, the hope of the Magi in God's promises regarding the child are clearly expressed. It's expressed in their worship of Jesus. They have a confidence in who Jesus is that they actually travel all the way here to worship him. Notice, number one, their attitude in worship. This expresses their hope. These were royal officials. These were religious leaders. These were magi. These were the, the counselors of the kings of, and the, of the empires. In their own lands, others would have bowed to them. Others would come and offer them gifts. Others would come and show them reverence and fear. But here, these men, these magi come And they are on the other side. They come to bow before this child. They come to give him gifts. They come to worship him. Though they are royal officials. And we see here their attitude of worship is that their attitude is that of humble submission to this child. It would be odd for us as parents of newborn children to bow before your child. You probably don't do that. If you did, we'll probably tell you you're probably worshiping your child uh, too much. But here is the only child in history, the child, that it was appropriate and right for every single human being, no matter how high they were, no matter how low they were in their soul standing, to bow before him. They fall down, prostrate, and worship him. And we notice, secondly, 
the object of their worship. The object of the worship is Jesus. They worship him, it says. And it's very important that it doesn't say they worship Jesus and his mother. Now, there are some who are professing faith in Christ worship not only Jesus, but they also worship and show reverence to his mother to put him on a place, put her in a place that is equal with God, which is forbidden by God's commandments. Jesus alone is worshipped, and Jesus alone is whom we ought to worship. The Magi worship Jesus. What does your response then to the birth of Jesus reveal about your hope? All and I know again, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. That's why many of you are here. You know, while the world hopes for a white Christmas, world peace, and someone to kiss under the mistletoe, our hope, your hope, is in Christ, I believe, I trust. And since our hope is in Christ to cleanse us from sin as white as snow, to give us eternal peace with God, and to know a love that the world can never give, then a significant part of a joy-filled Christmas is going to be worship, right? It's going to be giving glory to Jesus, just as we have done here today. But I want to add that it's more than just what we do today, what we're doing right now. I used to think, even as a little boy, I would always tell the story, and you kind of know by now, that I would go to, I would go to church on two days of the year, Christmas and Easter. And I thought I worshipped Jesus. I thought I was a worshiper of Jesus. You would ask me, I would say, I'm a Christian. I was not a Christian. Because the 363 days of the year, I did not worship Jesus. I did not live for his glory. I did not come and and acknowledge him as Lord of my life. More important than whether you attend a Christmas Day service is whether your heart has thought daily of the glory of Christ, his birth, and his life and his death and its significance for our lives and the significance for the world. Do we think about Jesus daily? The people in our lives that are important, we think about, we ought to think about daily. Our spouses, our children, our parents. Do you, how much more important is Jesus to us? How much more important is the one who our hope is in? And so therefore, if our hope's in him, we should be thinking about him and we should be, in a sense, worshiping him, living our lives to glorify him. Do we worship, and even today, or as you worship Jesus, in, or this season as you worship Jesus, I pray that you would worship him in, in even the things that you do around this Christmas season, in the Christmas cards that you write, in the decorations that you put up, in the meals that you prepare and that you're going to eat, in the gifts that you purchase and that you will give to one another, may they all be done because of, for the sake of, the glory of Christ. And that's worship. And that happens not just today, not this season, but throughout the whole year. Let us be people who intentionally pursue the worship of Jesus this Christmas in our daily activities, that we might experience the joy that this Christmas is to be is for us. Thirdly, the third characteristic of the Magi's joy, joy-filled Christmas, lastly, is giving to Jesus. Giving to Jesus. And that is, we find that their love for Jesus was demonstrated. Not only did they come worship him, but that was an act of love. And an act of love, they, they was demonstrated through them giving gifts to Jesus Christ. We read in the verse, they came into the, after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they 
presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They, they offered to Jesus gifts. They, they, brought, they gave him their gifts. See, as part of their worship of Jesus, the Magi gave to him of their treasures, it says. These were valuable treasures. They didn't think like, well, let me see. You know, like how, how, you know, okay, don't be too offended by this. You know how offering plate comes around on Sunday morning? You kind of like, oh, let me see what I got in my wallet. Oh, man, okay, I got a few bucks. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's not giving of your treasures. <laughs> These people planned, and I, believe me, I've been guilty of the same thing, okay, so, you know. Just you can judge me too, okay? But I'm just saying, when these people came, they thought about what they wanted to give. They gave of their treasures. They intended, they intentionally thought, what is my treasure? What is our treasure? What is something valuable? What is worthy of this, this child? I want to give this to the child, to, to him. And so they brought their treasures to offer up to Jesus. They gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And even as the song that we just sang earlier about gold reflecting a king, that Jesus is a king. Frankincense is an incense. Incense was offered was often burned in the worship of of God, deity, signifying his his divine nature. And myrrh, a a, a spice that was used to to, uh, prepare a body for burial, signifying to us Jesus' death for us on the cross for our sins. It is out of love that that these magi offered to Jesus their treasures. But make but let us make no mistake that is the great deed of their giving is is not the, is it's not because they uh, it's not is not as great as the gift that they had already received in God's son. For God himself had already given the greatest gift of all. He had given the world his son to save us from our sin. John three sixteen and 17, these most familiar verses in the Bible. Uh, if you're not a Christian, then these are the verses that you should know. There's all, you can see this verse everywhere. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God sent us his son out of love, he gave us the gift of his son so that his son would come and die in our place on the cross. He died in our place on the cross because of our sins, because our sins deserved the eternal judgment. But God sent his son to die in our place so that he, Jesus, paid the penalty of our sins so that whoever believes in his son, whoever puts your trust and faith in Jesus, in what he has done for you, will be delivered from judgment. Not You will not be judged, but you'll be saved. You'll experience forgiveness of sins before a holy God and eternal life, the hope of eternal life in Jesus Christ. And so it is in response to this great gift of God's Son. This is the best gift that God is, and anyone can ever receive. And I pray that for you, if you're here, you have not received the gift of God's Son. He offers it to you today for you to receive. By faith. And it is in response to the gift of God's Son that the Magi naturally responded by offering to Jesus of their treasures. It was a response to God's love that they loved Him in return. It's so important, even when we talk about giving to Jesus, 
that we give not so that we might get something from God. We don't give so that we might get eternal life. We don't give so that we might get forgiveness of sins. We don't give. You can do nothing to gain eternal life and forgiveness of sins or, or blessings or peace or joy. All those things are given to us freely from God in Jesus Christ. All you must do is receive Christ. Receive. You get from receiving. But we give because we have already received. We give because we're so thankful, we're grateful that we want to give back to Jesus. We want to give back to God. And as the scriptures tell us, we love because he first loved us. As you celebrate Christmas this year, how will you give to Jesus? How are you like the Magi? Let's be, let's follow their example. Let's give to Jesus Christ. And I think first and foremost, we give to Jesus Christ we give, by giving our lives. Now, not as a, not like the, those, some, some of those misguided terrorists of the world who give their lives and, and kill others by blowing themselves up, but we give our lives as a living sacrifice, that we live our life for Jesus. We offer up our lives continually to Jesus for his glory, that every day, every moment, every month, every year, we're living for Jesus. We live for him until he calls us home. Are you living for him until he calls you home? In this room, there's enough of us that it is very possible that this may be our last year on earth. Will you live this year for Jesus as a gift to him, giving glory to him? That's number one. That's how we can give to Jesus. But secondly, secondly, we give to Jesus when we give to his people, when we give to God's people. We can, we know, certainly Jesus is not here on earth where we can give to him of our, resource, of our resources directly. But he tells us in passages like Matthew 25 that when we give to his people, we give to the least of his people, we're giving to him. We give to God when we give to Jesus when we give to those who also are fellow believers in Christ. We also give to Jesus when we give in his name, when we give in the name of Jesus Christ. And so let's be people known for giving of ourselves. Giving for others, especially in the church of Jesus Christ. In the body of Christ this past year, there have been so many needs. And I know that many of you come alongside and and have given to one another. Some of you have come and you, you give rides to people. To cut to church. Some of you have given meals to people who are going through difficulties and trials, loss of loved ones. Some of you have given by simply coming alongside and offering your prayers. You're writing your cards. Some of you have given to one another by offering up to one another meals, by buying to, knowing, recognizing that people needed help financially and you gave financial gifts to one another. We give to Jesus when we give to one another inside the church. And also when we give outside the church as well to missionaries, to the work, to evangelistic endeavors around the world, we are giving to Jesus when we do those things. And so may you give to Jesus. May you give him of your financial resources or your physical strength. May you give to him of your time, of your skills and of your knowledge. May you give to him out of your love, for others, out of your time of just being with one another. May you do that out of a love for Christ, 
so that you may be giving to Jesus. And I pray that as you do this, you will experience the joy that Christmas is supposed to be all about. Three things that make for a joyful Christmas. Seeing Jesus, focusing on him, worshiping Jesus, where we offer to him our glory and, we, and, and praise, and we give to Jesus, where we give to him, where we give not only to him our lives, but we give to others, his, our, our fellow believers in Christ, even those who are needy in the world of our time and resources and love. That's how we celebrate Christmas. That's what makes a, a true Christmas celebration. That's what Christmas is about. These are the things we should be singing about. And this is what we've sung in song. Don't settle for an imitation Christmas. Don't settle. And I know we in our life, we all sometimes settle for imitation, don't we? Imitation crab. <laughs> imitation leather. Imitation designer clothes. Or shoes but not when it comes to Christmas. Christmas is too important to settle for an imitation. Christmas is about the birth of Jesus Christ who came to die for our sins on the cross. He rose from the dead so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Don't believe what the world is selling and singing this Christmas. No matter how good it sounds, no matter how appealing it is, it is an imitation is doomed to disappointment. Let us make sure as worshipers of Christ this season, this day, that we put our faith, our hope, and our love in Christ. And I pray that you would know the joy of seeing, worshiping, and giving to Jesus Christ this Christmas, this year. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word that points us to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, that even as we look at the example of the Magi, we see that the significance and the true meaning of Christmas and how their their faith was strengthened when they saw Jesus. Lord, we who have yet to see Jesus in the flesh, we who have a faith in him, know that he will return one day or that we or until until then, if he does not, we will go to him. Father, until that day, may you continue to strengthen our faith as we focus upon our thoughts upon Jesus. As we look upon his influence upon our lives, in our, in our, in our world, in the, lives of your, in the life of your church, help us to reflect upon what Jesus is doing in this world. Help us also to be people who worship Jesus. Help us to remember that he is the greatest object of our faith, of our hope. That we not put our hope in Super Bowls or World Series or promotions or marriages or even weddings or uh, anniversaries or wonderful meals or vacations. As, fa- as fantastic as those things sometimes are, let us put our hope in him. Let us worship Jesus. Let us remember, Father, that he is the greatest object and the source of our joy And Lord, we pray that we would be people who respond by giving. Help us to know the joy of giving. Even when we know that Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Lord, may we be people who know this in our lives. Giving to others of our life to you, but of our life to one another. Not only in this body, but even without in our community and our world. For the name and for the glory of Jesus. 
And so, Lord, we pray that if there's any here today who do not yet know Jesus Christ and they're joining us here for the first time, even they've they've come to from afar, they've come from near. Lord, may they come to place that they would understand that this gift of Jesus is meant to be received. It has to be received. And may, Lord, may you cause them today to see that they are sinners under your judgment in need of a Savior. And may they today, they believe upon Jesus Christ, receiving him as a gracious gift from you. So that they would have not only the joy of knowing that they, their sins are forgiven, but they would have the joy of knowing that they have a new, a, a new, a new life in Christ, eternal life, that they would know the joy and peace that only you can give, even in a world that is under the curse of sin. And Father, we pray that this Christmas we would worship you as you deserve. That we would all, like the Magi, bow our knees and worship offering to you from our treasures because you are worthy and you have offered to us the greatest treasure of all, your son. Thank you, Father, again for our time. Thank you for this look, this brief look into your word. And we pray, we praise you for Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen, amen. <laughs>